Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Afternoon Tune. I'm your host, Josh, and with me are my two co-hosts. It's your boy, Chase. And it's your boy, And we got a special guest star coming on today. Uh, Jenna is with us today. Yay! Howdy ho there, neighbors. Welcome. Yeah, uh, Jenna, special guest, she came on. Neighborino. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, She came on before to discuss uh, Cuties uh, and a great review uh, that you all can go back and look at. Uh, her and uh, Deja, uh, Deja Doodles, uh, very, very good review. Love that review a lot. Uh, they did an excellent, excellent job. So she's back again here to discuss uh, MLK slash FBI documentary, um, as well as give her thoughts on the Luthen series. Uh, she finished uh, about the first episode. Um, I watched to episode four. Chase finished the whole thing. Nick, uh, did you finish the whole thing? To like the first episode and a half. First yeah, episode. Like half of the second episode. Half of the second episode. Okay. So, to uh, give you people an idea, so we're going to discuss MLK slash the FBI uh, documentary that uh, premiered on Amazon Prime today on MLK's birthday. Uh, happy MLK's birthday, by the way. Um, everybody. Yeah, happy birthday. Happy birthday. Uh, uh, we're going to also discuss the Lupin TV series uh, on Netflix. Uh, we're also going to discuss WandaVision, of course, you know, the first two episodes of that that dropped on Disney Plus today. Um, and we're also going to discuss One Night in Miami, which also premiered on Amazon Prime today as well. Uh, very, very excited to talk about that. How is everybody doing? Chilling. Can't complain. Good, good. Trump got nice. impeached twice. Now? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, he got impeached twice. Yeah. He got impeached yeah. twice and he can't even tweet about it. Yeah. Oh. Yes. Yeah, I'll take that. It's a small win. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's probably the only thing he's ever been successful at in life is just probably being just terrible. So, so yeah, that's pretty much the only thing he's ever succeeded yeah. at. I, I did things that no other president in history has ever done. <laughs> uh, got so, twice. Yeah. And the greatest uh, witch hunt. <laughs> Great, so it, greatest witch hunt in American. <laughs> even more so than the Salem witch trials. So no other president, even better than the Salem witch trials. No other president could say I that really... they had people storm the Capitol. <laughs> facts. Facts. <laughs> right. We are going to be in history, but not, not since uh, seventeen seventy six. When the Confederates joined Washington D.C., yeah. Mm-hmm. There's a photo in the group chat that unfortunately is going to be in some in somebody's textbook in the future. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Imagine being a history student in the future and having to write about 2020. I know. Oh, yeah. I'm gonna be in the back of my kids' class, just Hold like, on. nah, that didn't happen like that. Because <laughs> <laughs> you know they'd be rewriting stuff. <laughs> oh yeah. I'll, I'll just. I'll just uh, my kid, my kid in the future asked me about that. I'll just tell him, <sighs> pour dad a whiskey, son. Let me tell you about 2020. <laughs> yeah, and I got the memes to prove it. <laughs> yeah. I was right there on the front line, shit posting during the entire thing. Yeah. <laughs> Meme veteran from 2016 and 2020. Did probably <laughs> two tours, you know, in that time. Definitely. <laughs> uh, he said two tours. I'm weak. 
Um, all right, so let's get into our first topic of the day. We're going to discuss the MOK slash FBI documentary. I saw a little bit of it, but if you can get a chance to finish it, Chase and Jenna, they both finished it, so they'll be mostly discussing it. Um, so um, in this, uh, you have the discussion of... Uh, <laughs> why you get that face, Jenna? Because how are you not going to finish it? The fuck is your history, nigga? The fuck is your history? <laughs> I, I, I didn't yeah, how are you going to host? I'm going to You know what I mean? I had a lot of stuff to watch, you know. I, I just I, I just missed it. I didn't get a chance to finish. That's my bad. I'm sorry, Dr. King. My apologies. You know what I mean? But I will finish it. You know what I mean? I did pay for it. So that that, that counts for something. I did pay for <laughs> That's it. That's true. I mean, you paid a corporation for it. But... <laughs> true. <laughs> if you really wanted to help black business, you would have went to the barbershop and got the bootleg. <laughs> Let's and, talk about it. You know, <laughs> you know and I'll, I'll I'll let other people share my account and watch it. That also helps. Okay. You, know? you know, redistribution. Yeah. You know? Mm-hmm. Uh, but so uh, yeah, so you have this, which is all about uh, telling the story of how the FBI wiretapped uh, MLK, um, how the FBI was seeing MLK as one of the, the hugest threats to the nation. Um, that, you know, they quote in the documentary, they say that J. Edgar Hoover feared of a black messiah and he pictured that to be Martin Luther King, the uprising um, of the black movement. There are parts of it that I really do love, but for the most part, I kind of feel like I already knew this, like the gist of the story. Um, just like hanging out in the barbershop, like I remember like my dad and, and, and his barber would always be talking about it. like. All right, you yeah, know, the FBI tapped into uh, um, MLK's just and made sure that, you know, like he wasn't going to do what they what they feared, which was basically just like um, making the black community stronger. Like uh, J. Edgar Hoover, like always feared like, hey, like um, all they need, all all black people need, is just one charismatic figure to to show to tell them like economically how to do the right things, how to how to uh, culturally come together, and it's a wrap for America as we know it. Um, and I think it, I think I think the documentary does do an interesting job of just like going into the complexities and grounding MLK as a person, um, but. And also, I, I do I do find like the 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 um, sort of shade thrown at the Kennedy brothers interesting too because you, you normally don't get to hear too much about how they were really uh, not the best people in the world because <laughs> um, you know you get the you get the uh, oh he passed the civil rights bill oh he did this that and the third but no he was still a little shady and he was still trying to check to make sure that. Uh, the social dynamics don't change in America as much, you know? So, I mean, it was interesting. Like, I definitely recommend uh, the doc for anybody who is um, just unaware of what really went down with MLK and the FBI. And then also just like, if you want a more fuller picture of who MLK was rather than just like the, I have a dream speech, you know? He was a lot. He was a lot more. There was a lot more depth to him uh, than just that one uh, speech and the, you know, the 
the sort of peaceful protest and there he was trying to he was trying to change a lot of uh the problems that we currently have and face today that would have upset um the sort of social dynamics of america it was, it, was, it was interesting to see that in an official um documentary rather than just like folklore that you hear at the barbershop <laughs> I do wish they had went a little bit more into the files that were unearthed, the program itself, and just really talk about how they really tapped everybody. They kind of covered yeah. it and kept it moving. But I really do wish they really talked about the program itself, just so people can know just how disgusting this country's government is in suppressing any type of talk that isn't for the betterment of white people. Yeah. That yeah. is my review. They, <laughs> they very briefly touch on the tapping in um in one night in Miami and just like the way they portray and not to get too far into it because we are we do have to save this for the review, but the way yeah. you see they portray Malcolm searching so like like paranoid. <laughs> I, I got that sense from I like I got that sense from the doc as well, just like how in depth that they would go just to just to find just yep. a little nugget of information that they could find and, and use and abuse. Um but yeah, yeah, no, I, I definitely I, I definitely do recommend this doc, especially if um <clears throat> if you haven't, you know, heard any of these rumors about the FBI. Uh I don't I don't know how you could be black and not hear these at, at least at the barbershop though but you know <laughs> but still like I, you know i as josh said before we uh before we talked it's like the details that um that really do help this film and not just be watchable but also or makes this film necessary mm. um mm. so i had a, so i have a question so when you say that it doesn't um put MLK on a pedestal. So does it get into more of the grimier elements uh, of his life and and what the FBI tried to blackmail him with when they were wiretapping him, when they were following him? Do they delve into mm -hmm. those details? Uh, they do, but they do it in a very classy way, which I yeah. appreciate. Mm -hmm. um, and they also present it in a way where, <laughs> hey, black people, you gonna have to be okay with maybe his wife allowed it. Hmm. I mean, yeah. like it presented <laughs> this idea that maybe him and his wife had come to an agreement that was none of our goddamn business. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it's like you know what I mean. Like, in, yeah, whatever happens in your house is your fucking business, right? So, like, I'm not saying you know it's not my place whether he cheated or not, and if he did, I know. Them white men in power aren't fucking talking about cheating on fucking wives, okay? Yeah. We had a whole ass president that black people have the audacity to try to make a cultural icon who blatantly cheated on his wife while in office. Yeah. yeah. Let a black man do it. They're literally using that to tell this person, a civil rights icon who won the Nobel Peace Prize, who literally just wanted the America that was promised kill himself because you're going to release this information that you knew was going to ruin his his image yeah and ironically enough you know he 
unfortunately did that with the Vietnam War. And I, and I knew about that about Martin Luther King. I knew, that's why I was always confused when a lot of black scholars had to make it seem like everybody was in love with him and that really wasn't the case. Mm-hmm. But I feel like when they talked about his private life, they brought it up. Mm-hmm. Again, I like the fact that they did it more so to point out just how seedy the, the FBI is, was the fact that they were using that and they had the letter that was typed up and sent to them that you could read the same letter that he read while a tape of all the people he was having sex with is on there mm. for other people to hear like it's some shit we saw it in black mirror just instead yeah. it was with a character that we definitely were sad that we were rooting for so <laughs> <laughs> talk about an ending for that ass um <laughs> <laughs> but it is like a black it's like straight out of a black mirror episode mm. so it's just like i like the fact that they presented it in a way where even if you disagree or agreed with him on the moral grounds we all can agree that what they did was beyond a violation of rights it's disgusting and mm-hmm. it was just completely just it you know <laughs> i wish i was a white man who could rush the Capitol because i would have did a lot more damage <laughs> with, how, with how I felt about the shit they were pulling with the FBI, I'll just yeah. say that. Yep. Right, would have been a lot more than just selfies and shits. Yeah, because <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, you um, you hear things about that all the time of FBI doing like that, things like that, digging up dirt on people. Because um, what Jenna was referring to, like with the Kristen Stewart movie, Gene Sebring. Yeah. Um, so they had that movie. She was an actress in Hollywood who's trying to get very involved in the civil rights movement, Black Panthers, things like that. They investigated her. Uh, Eartha Kent, for instance, they were digging all this, you know, history up about her and her past, her sexual partners. Uh, Billie Holiday. Um, there's a movie about Billie Holiday that's going to come out. Uh, there's a trailer for that, and they also talk about that. And that seems like with you know, them digging up information on her and her history and her sexual partners, trying to discredit her. So FBI has a long history of doing things like that to lots of famous people who, who you know, question the status quo, uh, try to bug the system and things like that. Um, when you guys mention um, that how the documentary doesn't feel like it's um, something that's controlled, uh, something that is trying to really, uh, it being on a platform like Amazon Prime, like you said, is a corporation and it's, it's you know, something like that. Um, so one of the big things you said about it was it doesn't feel like something that was particularly made to be consumed by somebody from a corporation point of view, from a, you know, capitalistic point of view. Um, so it, it, so do you think that's one of the big benefits of it, that somebody could watch it if they are trying to learn more about Martin Luther King and trying to get the truth of who he was, a person could watch this without any fluff without any corporate propaganda could a person watch this and 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 enjoy it like that and get and and learn and get an education yeah i think so um and i think amazon like i I do have to kind of give them credit where they where credit is due they've been pumping out some content recently that has been very anti them with like the boys (laughs) um Mm -hmm. You know, uh, with this, um, both of these aren't properties that you'd expect from a Jeff Bezos corporation, uh, shady exploitation bit, uh, business. But, you know, I, I think this is about almost as un, uh, 
yeah, no most as unbiased as you can possibly get with this, to be honest with you. Um, I mean, like I said, like it, it felt like I was just back at the barbershop again because like I've heard these stories before. So um, just to hear it from, I don't know if the director or producers were white, but, but to hear it from more of a Ooh. official um, mm. source, you know, I think that is kind of profound. Um, and the fact that, you know, they still include some of, some of these people that we idolize, just like uh, uh, JFK and, and Robert Kennedy, at, they portray them as real people that were just as bad as Hoover was, you know? I don't think that, I, I think that's kind of hard to find in current media, because <laughs> most people want to suck up to uh, the Kennedys mm -hmm. and whatnot, so... I'm actually yeah. surprised that that in itself was something that was portrayed. Um, yeah. So yeah, um, I think this is about as fair as it I goes. mean, yeah, yeah, I was too. <laughs> I was too. And the funny thing is, I but then when I put two and two together, I wasn't when I figured out when they were assassinated because that's funny enough when they realized they were playing the role and they weren't doing anything better. And mm. the moment they were like, "Hey, no, nah, I'm cool," guess what happened? Yeah. No, it's not a coincidence when people in power, when they start to be like, no, nah, maybe I don't have to uphold this system. Mm. They'll take your ass out too. So it was very interesting that I'm glad that you're right. I'm glad they brought that up because it just shows you again, just kind of where it's at when it comes to our government and what they're willing, just how far they're willing to go to protect like literally the entire system. But I do think this is a great, I think if you're really like not new to Martin Luther King, I would actually say start off with this documentary and then work your way back through other documentaries because I feel like this documentary gives you a very good, very good synopsis that doesn't, like I say, doesn't sanitize it, doesn't dilute it, doesn't give you every little detail, but it gives you enough to see Martin Luther King in a very different way that's going to be different than the generation that I have. You know what I mean? Like, if, right. if, a, if this generation watches a documentary, their opinion of Martin Luther King is going to be completely different than the opinion and the debates that I had to engage with folks where they were like, well, Mike, Martin Luther King Jr. was nonviolent and Malcolm X wasn't, so that's why this person's ideology or dogma is better. Like, that archaic-ass <laughs> debate within the right. Black community can finally end. Yeah. because Martin Luther King evolved as a person and he was also young and he also made mistakes and he also learned and like you can't you can't quantitize that you can't just like put it in a box so it fits whatever argument you want to have how you think we should be going about the black revolution so, he definitely was a socialist <laughs> oh most definitely but just like today socialism yeah. equals yeah. communism yeah. And it's just it's it's just really depressing, high key. Like it's funny the the doc wasn't depressing, but you're gonna be depressed because you're gonna see just how far we really have the fuck not cut like we really have it. Yeah. You really it's it's the same rhetoric. Um which goes to show you that again, we have a very real problem, which is what he realized at the end of his life, that America has a really deep rooted issue gonna take a lot to heal okay. yeah. so what are your uh, final ratings uh, I think I'm gonna give this a um, 
like I said, it, I don't want to sit here and say like I didn't learn too much, but I did know, uh, you know, these I've heard these stories before. It's just that a matter of, you know, the details were new. Like, the details were, were uh, I don't want to say factual, but I guess more like in-depth <laughs> than they were at the barbershop, obviously. Because, <laughs> you know, it's just dudes talking. But, um, I, I, yeah, I definitely recommend this to anybody who is just, you know, if, you, if you're unfamiliar with MLK, definitely check this out. If you think you know MLK, definitely check this out. Um, and, yeah. you know, if you never heard or have a weird uh, perception that thinks the FBI are these good uh, law-abiding <laughs> uh, law enforcement society or whatever, you should right. watch this uh, and get your opinion reevaluated. Mm. Uh, you might even want to get checked out. <laughs> Uh, uh, they'll, yeah. be in, they'll be in complete denial. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you know, maybe maybe it's still fake news, even if it is from official sources. <laughs> but, you know. Jenna, final thoughts? Final rating? Uh, I agree with Handsome Chase in that water. <laughs> yes, ladies. Get in line. Oh, no, I'm joking. Um, no, I, I completely agree with you, Chase. Uh, for some, like I said, for some of us, we already knew this information. I, you know, it's not reinventing the wheel by any means, but it definitely, how Chase says, we can now see all the intricacies that went into building this wheel. We now know how the wheel moved. We now know who moved it. We now know why. You know, like so, it it doesn't add new information per se, but it definitely completes the picture. Like I feel like for once there is a complete an honest snapshot of as close as we're going to get to understanding the the climate of that time and yeah. the movement in itself in a way where we can understand it because we also are living through another civil rights movement mm -hmm. so it's very it's very it's weird it's it's a weird uh it's like a parallel reality almost but it's not yeah. um and it's i think it's greatly scored um, I like yeah. the fact that the stock footage is interesting. It's just it was written with care. It mm -hmm. seems like these people did their homework. It seems like this is a long time coming. Apparently, the tapes will be released, so people can listen for themselves. That is going to be quite interesting. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> his 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 daughter and his grandkids are still alive today. Um, mm, right. So that's pretty interesting hearing from the King's family, like. No, because this is archival information. It's not like, I mean, they could sue, but I don't know. You know, it's going to be interesting to hear. But overall, yeah, this documentary was really good. I highly recommend it. And uh, yeah, eight out of 10 times, I wish niggas would not underestimate the FBI. Yeah. About the FBI got better things. Yeah, what you mean the FBI got better things to do? No, they don't. Don't try them. <laughs> don't try them and don't try the IRS either. Yeah. But I'm gonna try the FBI. I know no. the FBI got something on me. The only difference is I don't care what you tell the public. I'm more dangerous. <laughs> okay, you can record me, bitch. I'm on the internet already. I got a Pornhub, OnlyFans, and I used to have a rude.com. You ain't finna scare me. <laughs> okay. I'm gonna cut that out for your sake. 
I'm gonna cut that out. FBI is like, we already know this bitch is crazy. They listening right now. They listening right now. They cut us off every time we talk about a TV show. Man, they already know. I already know they got a smile yeah, on me. Like for and my TV weeks, got a smile yeah, for on like me. Like three weeks straight, they were cutting us off every time we tried to review the boys. <laughs> I mean, it, was like, it was like Josh's uh, FBI agent. It's like, shit, I didn't see it yet. Cut them yeah. off. Give me a day. <laughs> um, and this documentary is directed by Sam Pollard. Uh, he's done some other documentaries before. Uh, he did a documentary about Sammy Davis Jr. Uh, before that's really popular. Um, and this is also written by Benjamin Heaton, um, white guy. Um, and it's also written it's by white Laura, people, yeah. uh, Laura, uh, Laura Tomlinson, um, who I don't see a picture of who that is, but, uh, so it's written by the, those two pe- uh, people. Um, but, uh, yeah, I, yeah, uh, like, as you heard from Chase and Jenna, I uh, highly recommend check out that documentary on Amazon Prime. Worth the six bucks, six bucks on Amazon Prime. It is, it's yeah. definitely worth it. Yeah. Bye guys. Yeah. I have to leave. Uh, I'm a child. All right, Jenna. Um, Thank you, Jenna. Bye. Thank you so much for coming on. Thank you so Thank much for, for having on. me, guys. Of course, of course, anytime. All right. Bye, guys. Take care. Peace. See you next time. All right. Um, all right. Uh, thank you, Jenna, for coming on. Uh, she, uh, she didn't plug any of her stuff. Uh, well, that's okay. Uh, put up her links and everything. Yeah, like yeah. We'll have her links okay. up in the uh, description below. Um, yeah, our links to all stuff. Both the uh, audio and uh, YouTube. Yeah. Uh, if you guys want to check out her content, um, yeah, we'll put up all our links and stuff like that. If I'm not um, mistaken, she's dropping a movie soon, right? Or something like that? Um, yeah, I think she's talking about the last time she, uh, last time she came on to review the craft. Uh, she talked about uh, her next project. It was going to be like a directorial thing. Okay. Oh, okay. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, I'll text her about that. Okay, great. Yeah, that's great. Um, all right, so moving on from discussing MLK FBI documentary, going to discuss Lupin, uh, the TV series on Netflix. Now, this is not based on the anime character Lupin. Um, this is based on the actual literary character Arsene Lupin, uh, who is a fictional character. So this is not based on the anime, all right? This is by inspired sure? by the works. Yeah, uh, no. Uh, yeah, so so I did some research on this. So the anime character Lupin the uh, Third, he's meant to be like the great grandson of the French character Arsene Lupin. Mm. Yeah, yeah. So this guy is not based on that figure. This guy's based on the literary figure who's like inspired by him. So he so in the show, um, as a boy, um, he gets the book um, of Arsene Lupin. Um, and he gets inspired by that to basically become the character. Um, so when people first saw it, they were like, they instantly thought of the anime and thought they were kind of black washing Lupin and everything like that. Um, you know, may, may, even have, it's, may have seen, may have seen a couple of uh, forums on like parlor or something about yeah. it. like, they, they black washing my goddamn French. Yeah. Uh, is Lupin supposed to be black anyway? Like the anime character, is he supposed to be uh, black? I don't is, know. Did, I always thought he was kind of light-skinned in another universe. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I don't know. I mean, the hair is kind of... I don't know. I mean, I kind of always thought he was maybe... He do kind of got a fade going on. I don't know. Japan's I always kind of weird with hair. You, it's like yeah. they draw, like, white dudes with afros. Yeah. They, they got, like, whatever the fuck is going on with Yugi's hair. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah, so I, I never knew. If somebody let me know I, what's what's Lupin the Third's race or ethnicity, somebody let me know. Because, um, yeah. I wouldn't so, actually Japanese. be surprised if he was, like, Japanese, French, and that was kind of just, like, what they said. Oh, yeah. I see right yeah, here. Yeah. yeah, French, Japanese. Yeah. Yeah. So, Japanese. Okay. So there you go. Um, all right. So in this series, uh, you have the titular character uh, played by Omar Sy. Uh, Omar Sy, you might have seen things like, uh, for instance, he was in X-Men Days of Future Past. We played Bishop. Uh, he was in, um, yeah, um, he was in uh, Transformers. He was in that. Uh, <laughs> uh, I'm sure he wants to forget he was in that. Uh, but hey, hey, you know, hey, it, you know, job's job. You know, got to get yourself out there being big, you know. Uh, it was work. Yeah, yeah, it was it work. Was you know, major budget, things like that. Um, Jurassic World, um, you know, uh, things like that. So, He's been around. He's been in some big uh, Hollywood uh, budget movies before. Uh, and this one, um, it follows the story of him um, trying to get revenge, uh, basically for his father's framing, um, a framing of him for a crime uh, that led to his suicide in prison. Um, and it is kind of leads you kind of through all these events of him trying to really redeem his father's name, uh, enact revenge on the people that all had a uh, a hand in it um and i would say it's it's you know i got to episode four of it uh chase he finished it and like nick said he finished like kind of an episode and a half um i was really enjoying it i saw the uh french version uh where it was just the subtitles um Damn. is it is there um, um so when you go on netflix is there an option to like switch it to like the english subtitle uh, the english version or apparently oh, oh my you dad found that <laughs> fucking really off-putting English dub where it's like he's dubbed by Michael Jai White. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, if you if you if you look up the trailer for this on YouTube, there's no French version of the trailer. It's all literally by dub. Yeah. Um so I recommend if you watch this, watch the French version where you just read the subtitles. What? No. Yeah. When watching a foreign language thing, always go with the original language. Exactly. Unless yeah, it's just a cowboy solid rule of thumb. Yeah. <laughs> some or some and or or Helsing some, Ultimate. I, I like Yeah, that. yeah, that's another good dub. Those are like yeah. the three that I'm like, alright, those dubs are better than the sub. Full metal had a good dub. Oh yeah, true, true, true. Four. I take that back. Cause uh cause yeah. Because uh, Japanese voiced uh, Edward Elric does not sound right at all to me. <laughs> um, so there's, there's some occasions where it can work. Yeah. Uh, but this one I recommend just watch the French version of it. When I clicked it on Netflix, the French version automatically played. Um, so I was like, okay, good. I don't have to change it over. I was like, okay, that's perfect. Um, I, and I just think oh. it's harder to do that with live action, though. I'm surprised they even tried, you know? Trying to match. Uh, English translations for French or even just any other like language uh, you know what I'm saying yeah like for live action at least that's like harder to like edit <laughs> you Come can't on, you just like some, you know some people yeah. don't like to read yeah well that's true but like with anime I know that they like adjust like the lips to some degree to make it match mm -hmm. but yeah obviously can't do that with live action like unless yeah, it's like a deep fake <laughs> yes, yeah, it's, it's tough, and when you watch the trailer for it, yeah, you see the like the shit's not matching at all. It's it's like all over the place. Which, I mean, 
I don't know. I mean, the guy in this I, on my side, I don't know if he can speak English or not. I would imagine he could. I don't know. Sure but he can. Yeah, so I don't know Jersey why they just... the movies he's in. <laughs> yeah, I like, bro, you could just get him to just... I don't know why you just didn't get him instead of getting Jai White. Yeah. So, don't... Yeah, don't really understand that decision to get Michael Jai White instead of just getting Omar Sy to just do the English version of it. Um, so, that was, at least you could have him, you know what I mean? You know, at least matches, kind of seem like it matches his voice, but whatever. Mm. Uh, so, um, in this, um, you know, it starts off the first episode big heist goes on um and i love heist stuff you know really like it a lot yeah. uh things like oceans 11 um you know leverage which was a tv show that came on uh tnt with timothy hutton um that was also like a big heist show and things like that so i enjoy heist stuff crimes capers that type of things of that nature um and this one it's all about him stealing the necklace of marie antoinette um that 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 is you know great event um and that is really a fun first episode um some of the things i mean this is from the director now you see me um if mm. anybody's ever seen that um i mean basically harry potter is more realistic uh when it when it comes to a lot of the events and stuff in that <laughs> um and then in and even in this series there's lots of things like yeah that's just crazy to me you know some of the stuff he does like he literally swaps places with a person in prison um and they they don't even notice the difference like they have they just go like oh okay whatever and he just goes to prison and the other guy just walks out i'm like how the hell well, that's right they do it's explain real, it's it's a real msnbc uh, uh lawrence fishburne uh, samuel jackson situation and <laughs> like that does happen just like nick it, said and they explained it as like hey all right, I already know that the guard that brought you in is swapping out with a guard that has never met you before. He's the new guy, so you know. <laughs> so, so even when it even when it does get ridiculous, there's yeah. always like a back a backworded explanation. For yeah, one. yeah. Like, okay. Like even I'm not gonna spoil, but even at the end when I thought something that happened was very like just how how did that happen? I went back into the episode and, and I saw the setup for it and I didn't realize it was the setup for it, uh, just just mid-conversation. And I think that's something that the show does kind of brilliantly, which is mm. like, it'll just throw a random line of dialogue and it'll like be the, the, the twist that, you know, uh, that becomes the plan. Yeah. <laughs> Mm. Um, my favorite, I think the most easiest uh, way to describe it that happens early on is um, when Asan is arranging this meeting um, and he's making phone calls to DoorDash or wherever he's working, or whoever he's working at for the time being. Um, and he makes at least like 20 different calls. And then <laughs> you find out why he's making those calls. It's just uh, like, all right, like this is- I, I got- cool. I, I got to that in the in the episode you're talking about. That was like the last thing I saw, and I was like, "Holy fuck, that is goddamn brilliant!" <laughs> it's just, just how um, how inventive and creative uh, he is. He is at evading the police. Yeah, yeah. And and it's it's going back to something in like the first episode. It's like uh, the people at the top they don't pay attention to the people at the bottom. Mm, so he's yeah. like always disguising himself as like janitors, as like uh, uh, like French Uber Eats delivery guys. <laughs> yeah, that yeah. 
I did see uh, quite a few people criticize it for that, though, uh, for the disguises. But I still feel like, like unless they unless they're doing like eye rec like like um, eye tracing or like whatever you call it, like um, where they're actually like scanning like your face and whatnot, like they may or may not end up doing in the, in, in the latter couple of episodes. Like some shit you shit you <laughs> shit you see in like CSI. Yeah. Unless they're doing nope. that, then. Then everything is at least plausible. Yeah, yeah, cause like all, cause I'm not gonna lie to you, I know I've met a few white people that said that think that most black people look alike, and <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like I've been, I've been the, I've been the, the, the third black kid at, at a Catholic school before, and for whatever reason, the teacher keeps calling me the other kid's name, and he's dark skinned. <laughs> right, and he keeps calling you, and he keeps calling the other kid my name, and I'm light skinned. Like we look nothing alike. Like I, I, I could see those disguises working. Is what I'm trying to say. Right, and like I understand that they said they that he didn't really change much. He just changed his eyebrows, or like he did like a little nose job, or like he did like a slight mustache change. But like, well, trust me, man. White people, white people's <laughs> eyes are racist. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it's um, like like all you really need for a disguise is like little slight changes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. very true. Yeah, um, um, I would say Omasai is is really great um, as the lead here. Uh, real fun, really charismatic, uh, really good in dramatic moments when he needs to be. Uh, you know, I think you know really rounds out the character very very well. Um, the supporting cast, I think you have. A good you know villain in this series um you have good um uh, investigators in this series people who are chasing him um you know that are very uh good at what they do very competent uh, sometimes it's kind of you have to have this balance uh when you deal with a series that involves your, your you know like your protagonist being a criminal and the, the then the antagonist kind of being the police where you don't want to make them so incompetent it's like okay are they even good at their job but then to the it's, point it's of like, not it's not like the latter seasons of Dexter where the the cops just became bumbling idiots. Yeah. <laughs> the, it's yeah. Like pretty these much. cops were like competent all the way through. Yeah. Well, it's just they're... Lupin is just so so far ahead. <laughs> to some degree, I'd I'd call them reasonably incompetent. Mm. Yeah. Like you have the one cop that is like slowly but surely pulling it together. And they're just like totally just like nah bro you're crazy you're on you're on some QAnon type beat (laughs) (laughs) Uh, yeah um yeah because he's got you know people hot on his tail uh everything like that um so as far as when it comes to the realism of the show as far as like do you think it's like that perfect level of just like well it's it's fun enough where it can kind of overcome the things in the show that maybe seems a little too far-fetched or was it like good in between or what do you guys think about that i think it was a pretty solid in between uh we'll see about next season now that (laughs) they do have his face you know Uh, i do wonder like are they gonna kind of make him go on the run like uh, a certain lupin that is the third um (laughs) so he has to come up with some more elaborate disguises and whatnot I, i do find i do I'm looking forward to the next season, but I do wonder how. Damn, I just realized I spoiled that. My bad. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, My bad. Sorry. 
Uh, cut that out. <laughs> um, to go back to your question, um, I do think that they do a decent enough job at making it both fun but also kind of realistic. Um, in the sense that, like, the French police, you know, they obviously don't have guns. Um, they're not. They're not equipped with like, uh, say, like facial recognition or like eyes or like CSI type stuff, um, unless they need it, need it, you know. Um, and I think the way Lupin gets away with a lot of this stuff could actually happen. Like, I'm not gonna lie. <laughs> uh, there is one, there is one moment that I'm not gonna spoil this time that. I do kind of question because I don't understand the the chemical reactions of what he did, but I'll leave you guys to find out. <laughs> okay. Nick, what do you what about you? Um, I like I said, I only really saw the first episode and I think the setup for it and like how he was planning that initial heist for the necklace, I thought that was handled really well. That was handled uh, realistically. Because uh, he, he was, again, breaking it down to, like, its smallest details. Even, like, the mm. reveal, because the first episode, he's he's not playing, like, uh, the Lupin character. He's not uh, the suave, the sophisticated uh, the gentleman thief. He's, like, selling himself as, yeah, I'm just a janitor, and I'm in debt to these gangsters, and <laughs> this is how I'm going to get out of it. Yeah. And when that switch happens, it's it's so much fun and so satisfying. And even when that switch occurs, it's handled in a really grounded way. Yeah. 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 I, I mean, I, I love somebody who's clever. You know what I mean? A guy's good at the job. A guy's clever. You know, able to just get out of the situation, just using his mind, his wits. Really love stuff like that. Um, in terms of the supporting cast, the villain, hmm. uh, the, the story itself, what do you all think about that? Did you think it's compelling? Did you think it's you know that was really good? Uh, so the supporting cast, I will say, they don't really get too much time to uh, really flesh out. Um, I would love to get to know more about his sort of uh, acquaintance that every now and then will help him out. Um, he doesn't really get that much time. The cops, the the three main cops, don't really get too much time, but I think they get enough to for me to like them mm -hmm. as characters. Um, and the villain, even though he doesn't get that much screen time, his presence is pretty strong in my opinion, and and I think that's enough because he has a hand in everything, and I like that. Um, now, granted, we'll see how how well he pans out in the future, but um, I do find him. I do find the story itself very interesting. Um, so yeah. Okay. Nick. It's just very short. Um. <laughs> yeah the the episode and a half I saw, I, I really fell in love with the show. I feel like this has one of the best pilots for a netflix series i've seen oh yeah easily because 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 it starts off really strong i really love to be able to finish the rest of the series i couldn't this week because 
yeah, work and school and stuff, all that stuff. Excuses. But yeah, I will. De- I will definitely be finishing this series once we uh, get out of here. Mm, okay. So, do, uh, so Chase, do you think that the five ep- episodes was enough? Do you think that was a great length? Do you think it should have been longer or? The way it stops, like I understand what they were trying to do. Um, I just, cause like I know in Europe, they format seasons kind of like very much differently. Like I know the, the mm-hmm. BBC Sherlock is only like three episodes a season, right? Mm-hmm. So like yeah, I- Yeah, it's like I, three hour, 20 minute episodes for yeah. a season of Sherlock. Yeah, so like I understand the length. It's just, I wish they got more episodes. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, just I to feel, flesh I out like other ne- characters. I feel like I feel Netflix they they've kind of adopted that BBC model of going for like shorter seasons because mm. I think like before they came around the standard was like 13 episodes mm-hmm. and now it's gone down to 10 now it's gone to 8 6 yeah. and in this case 5 episodes you said yeah, yeah. just 5 yeah hour long episodes yeah Four, well, 43 minutes 43 yeah. minute episodes yeah because I uh, think the ending makes sense for it to be a season, like ender, like ending cliffhanger. Okay. But I, I do kind of wonder. Like, I wish that they could have sat with the characters a little bit longer. But it is what it is. Yeah. Rating for it? Uh. Right now, I want to give it an eight. Uh. uh... I have, to, I have to wait till season two to give it a, to give it a nine, but we'll see. <laughs> yeah, I'm with you. Uh, yeah, I give it a strong eight. Uh, great, I think great lead. Yeah. Uh, solid supporting cast. Good story. Uh, really gets you involved early. Um, like the heist stuff. Like the the, the caper stuff. Um, that keeps you very very interested in the series very much. Uh, Nick said, I mean, you said you're basically going to continue with the series. Um, you were very enthralled for the other, from the first episode. Um, yeah, yeah. I, so. yeah, I really love the first episode of the show. Uh, just on the strength of that first episode, I'll give this uh, a 9 out of 10. <laughs> I'd have to see the season to give a more concrete rating. Okay. Well, I mean, when you finish it, come back, you know, maybe next week, something <laughs> like that. <laughs> And then um yeah and then you know give you a rating for it see what you you know following round it up yeah i'll just do like a quick blurb uh next week uh yeah i finished looping fucking slaps nine out of ten <laughs> yeah it really does slap i can't yeah. recommend this enough like in the batch of netflix shows this is definitely top tier in, in, in the upcoming batch of netflix stuff that is going to be dropping over the course of the year yeah 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 don't expect uh, every netflix show or movie to be <laughs> up to this quality <laughs> yeah um so i have two more episodes i get four and five so i have to watch those uh episodes and everything like that and then i'm done with the series yeah but yeah very strong se- uh series yeah it's trending on netflix and everything it's in the top 10 a lot of people seem to be watching it so um yeah yeah very good show and very good show i also like love the fact that uh it's a it's a french production you know um, yeah because I've never seen a French TV show before. I've only seen French movies. And like mm-hmm. most of the French movies I've seen are like, you know, black and white, French new wave type beat. So to see like a, a, a heist TV show be handled in a French setting was unique for me. So I definitely want to give 
I, I definitely want to encourage people to give this show a chance and give uh, other medium outside of America a chance. <laughs> yeah, yeah, um, yeah, most of the most of the like French productions I've watched were like uh, Luc Besson's uh, stuff he's brought over, like uh, mm. uh, The Professional, like La Femme Nikita, mm, yeah. uh, even like the newer wave, uh, this French action movie Point Blank. Uh, mm. uh, these are taking a lot of cues from that in the way it's shot, but mm. again, this is very different because most of those are like the gritty action movies, the stuff that's been appropriated over here with stuff like Taken. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, I mean, yeah, I mean, you can watch a lot of foreign content on Netflix. Um, like I saw a thread on Twitter, somebody putting up a lot of like K-pop shows that are really great okay. dramas and things you know i mean we're not k i'm sorry not k-pop i'm sorry korean shows i'm sorry oh, korean okay. shows uh, korean shows um that are really popular on netflix that are really good dramas and everything like there's a lot of you know international content they have on netflix you know so i mean you can i mean you can spend i mean you know all this time on netflix watching not only just the american stuff but you know venture out a little bit watch some you know french stuff watch some korean stuff you know very you know uh some stuff from you know uh uh china stuff from japan i mean they got a lot a lot of stuff that you can watch great content on that platform um in fact uh i just see here uh omar side's movie uh the untouchables is actually on netflix as well um so you can you know check it out as well uh if you want to see more of his work um, and more of his acting um, you can check out that film um all right so uh moving on from discussing lupin um by the way he was dressed pretty nice i like the way his outfits and everything <laughs> Really stylish. I think I'm. I'm thinking about getting one of those. It's caps. made me. It's made me want to buy one of those flat caps. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, facts. Yeah. My uh, yeah. granddad used to always wear them, and, and um, you know, it was one of those things. Like he would try to slip. He tried to slip his hat on me, and I'd be like, Nah, get that shit off me. <laughs> yeah. But now seeing seeing uh, Omar pull them off, it's kind of like, All right, yeah, no, nah, I can see myself wearing that. I can see yeah. where my granddad was coming from. Yeah, the moment. Yeah, the moment. It's like the first episode during the reveal of mm. like he's at, he's this gentleman thief. He was wearing that flat cap, that yeah, that coat and Jordans. <laughs> yeah, the Jordans pulled together. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was like, but yeah, I might. I was thinking about maybe getting one of those, yeah, trying it out a little bit. You know, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, because he was looking, he was looking pretty good, looking pretty stylish, man. Yeah. Good looking brother, man. Good looking guy. Um, all right, so moving on from discussing Lupin, uh, going to discuss WandaVision, um, episode one and two. Um, probably uh, you all probably got like, oh, we don't give a fuck about all that other shit. What do you think about WandaVision? That's what people. That's what you probably think. Yeah, yeah, we're why you're really tuning into this show right now. <laughs> Yeah, you know, all that WandaVision. So, so yeah, we're going to talk about it, you know, we're going to discuss it, relax, all right, calm down. Works. Yeah, <laughs> yeah you like, know what I mean? Yeah, you uh, you know we all got our Marvel check. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, uh, this dropped on Disney Plus today. Uh, of course, you know, um, you know, this has been much anticipated, um, mm. you know, from the trailers, everything like that, much hyped, uh, you know, and, and good for... Yeah, much anticipated, even just with all the Marvel stuff that got delayed. Mm. Like, yeah, I, I sat down to watch this. I did not know how much I missed seeing that, like, uh, that opening Marvel Studios intro. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I love the like, way that they uh, added, um, they finally added mm. all the updated scenes and whatnot. Mm. Like, um, 
like Tony Snap and um, uh, Cap holding uh, Thor's hammer that I can't remember the name mm. of. Uh, Milner. Uh, yeah. Milner. Yeah. Yeah, I, I I I knew I knew somebody I knew somebody needed to say it so that we didn't get roasted in the in the, in the comments if we get any. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, yeah. So I mean, especially since Mandalorian just ended, so great that this comes and Di- picks it Dis- up. Disney Plus needs new content. Thank God. Yeah. This came yeah. at the right time. This you came know. out perfectly. Yeah. What they should have did, they should have bumped it up one week early, like Cobra Kai. Should have been like, yeah. you know what? Let's try to match it. You know, the excitement. Let's bump it up one week. But no, no, they didn't do that. So, uh, but yeah, here we are. Uh, we doing full spoilers with it. Want to go full spoilers? I I don't know how to talk about these episodes without without them. Honestly. Honestly, honestly, people. I mean, about. it's really hard to talk about this without giving away. At least what we could perceive as spoilers. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah. it's it's hard. It's it's gonna be hard to spoil it because I don't even know what the fuck is going on. To be honest with you. Yeah, you know, that's also another thing episodes, about it. You know, it's gonna it's, be hard to spoil because like, what the fuck is happening? You know. Yeah. Yeah. Because like, uh, this is this is yeah. For all of you complaining about Marvel, they're just doing the same thing over and over again. All the movies are very formulaic, which, on some level, I agree with, but. Shut the fuck up with this series. Yeah. Because this is the most unique thing Marvel Studios has ever put out. This is closer in tone to something like uh, Doom Patrol or Mm. uh, the Umbrella Academy than it is uh, anything Marvel's put out previously. Or like Legion or something like that. Legion. Yes. Mm. And I also just think the, uh, the tone and the way... Mm. The way they're doing it with the it's, sitcoms it's like this, is yeah, this, so this, unique. This tone, it's it's this very saccharine, uh, sac- very sweet, very lighthearted tone, but you always know there's something more sinister going on. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, I also, uh, before we had uh, started the podcast, my mom asked me about the show um, and whether mm. or not she should watch it. She's more so into, you know, like the fun sitcom-y type stuff. So when she saw mm. the preview... And she saw it kind of remind her of like the Brady Bunch and whatnot. Mm. She was like, hey, like maybe we should watch it together. And I was just kind of like, ooh, I don't know, mom. Because <laughs> 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 I know you don't like the darker stuff. And this yeah. show definitely has a dark undertone that like make you feel uneasy at certain points. Yes. And, um, and the show, it, it's it's doing that like uh, balancing act on that needle yeah. of dancing between those two tones. And it's mm-hmm. doing it beautifully. Yeah. And um, speaking of spoilers, I just remember this one tweet. It was about a totally different series, but I feel like it applies to this. Mm-hmm. If I were to spoil the show for you, you would still not comprehend what I was talking about because it's like so <laughs> absurd <laughs> that it's not yeah. even a not even a spoiler, <laughs> unless I get into like really specific detail. It, like, it's like trying to it's like trying to tell somebody the exact plot of say season one of doom patrol mm. yeah you could go into the like general synopsis but they'd still look at you like you're fucking insane it's like no way <laughs> yeah yeah um so uh we'll, t- we'll discuss the first episode here uh get into what happened there so in the first episode um black and white uh very much like a 1950s tv show even the aspect ratio yeah, of the, yeah, of the it, it's yeah. it's 
yeah, this is very much uh, parodying stuff like uh, I Love Lucy or uh, or uh, the Dick Van Dyke show, I thought. Yeah, like, yeah, even like... down to like ha- even down to like how their living room in that setting of the house was set up. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Stuff yeah, like... wasn't um the it wasn't the opening for the first episode kind of roughly based off of the Dick Van Van Dyke show? Mm. If I'm not mistaken. Yeah, exactly. If if it was, I wouldn't be. I would be very surprised if it wasn't. Mm. Yeah, um, because uh, the intro you're talking about, I think they did that for the second episode. Mm-hmm. I think. Okay. Yeah. Um, so we'll get into that uh, after we discuss the first episode here. Um, so yeah, they they're coming into this town. You see, like Wanda and Vision uh, driving, you know, happily married. He says on the back mm. of their car and everything <laughs> like that. Um, in this neighborhood. Um, and like I said, it's this black and white thing. Even the aspect ratio is like that of a 50s TV show. When you watch 50 TV shows or TV shows back in the day like that, the aspect ratio is going to be like this uh, box. It's going to be kind of like this um, vertical instead of horizontal kind of look. Um, they also filmed this show in front of a live studio audience. Further, <laughs> you know, further bringing out that whole like sitcom kind of thing. You know, also these episodes are short. They're only like 30 something minutes. Uh, very, very short. Um, it has a very kind of that kind of similar kind of plots in terms of like this whole thing with this episode is yeah it, oh yeah yeah it, it's it's going down to like similar plots as sitcoms from like the 50s and the 60s it's oh no the boss is coming over for dinner what are we gonna do <laughs> yeah 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 that that kind of stuff yeah, the boss is coming and over even for making dinner. fun of like those sitcom tropes because like vision he's like working at this company is like um what is it that we do here <laughs> and he can't get yeah. a straight answer out of anybody <laughs> and it gets into kind of like you know that that's kind of one of the things in the show the weirdness of it of what's really happening what's really going on uh because like you say i mean last when you see last time we seen vision he was first of all he was dead yeah. you know what i mean yeah, you know, yeah that dude got that mind stone ripped out of his skull yeah, oh, dude, yeah. that first joke hurt when um, <laughs> when uh, she uh, when Wanda when Wanda oh. smashes the plate into his head and she's just like, "You have an indestructible," and my husband has an inter- indestructible head. I was just like, oh. No, he doesn't. Oh. No, he does not. He certainly does oh, not. I, oh my god, I didn't even I didn't even register that. Oh god. Oh, dude. Yeah. That was like one of the first jokes too. Oh, I was like, I don't know if shit. my mom should watch oh. this. This is dark. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Even if that was unintentional, it was. Oh, God. <laughs> I didn't think about that. That's, that's a good catch. Oh, right? God damn. <laughs> yeah. uh, but uh, so I mean, you have him, you know, working, with, you know, at his job and everything, and like you said. You know, he's like, you know, what do we do? You know what I mean? Why am I here? You know, what's going on? Like, kind of this thing of like, you know, are they trapped? Are they, you know, somebody doing this to them? Like, what's really kind of going on that adds to that? And then it, you know, it, it wraps in this kind of this generic kind of plot of, you know, like, oh, he's got to bring the boss home for dinner. And that whole sequence of when he brings the boss home, um, you know, and then, you know, it's like these hijinks, you know what I mean, of situations. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you have, um, you know, uh, situations where, you know, you have Wanda using her power. So, you know, she knows, you know, it's not a situation where they think they're different people mm-hmm. because, you know, they both. It's like they, they are aware of their, at least they're aware of their powers and mm-hmm. how to use them. 
it's not like i don't think it's a situation where it's like their memories are gone it's well it does they know it's... their oh go ahead yeah go ahead. oh it's like they know how to use their powers they know who they are they know like uh they know their names wanda and vision it's just really really a lot of mystery about where the hell they are and what is doing this man yeah um because when they so when they have the dinner and the mother from that 70s show as you see her um you know you see this in the, also in the trailer as well she's asking them you know you know where are you from when did you get married you know you know how did you come here things like that and they don't have any answers to these questions like mm. you know like she she doesn't know the answer vision doesn't know the answer she's trying to think and trying to remember and she doesn't even can't even remember it and then the guy he chokes on you know a piece of food um and then there's like a moment where it just kind of like breaks a little bit and she says you know vision go help him and that's when he uses no it's it. it's even it's even before that it's like uh uh kitty from that 70s show she's like uh stop it and you could read it as she's telling her husband to stop it but the way it was edited it was like she was wanda was sitting here and uh and uh, Kitty, she was sitting here. So if you're going by like editing rules, she's looking at Wanda telling her stop it. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Mm. So yeah, it's 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 interesting. Yeah, to see like you know it, it adds to like you know what's really going on here. You know that that makes it very very interesting. Mm. Um, and so you know he saves him, um, and that kind of wraps up pretty much that episode. And then more kind of weirdness ensues when it gets into the second episode where the intro comes in. We said it yeah, even you, even but... even the very last shot of the first episode, it's like the camera zooms out and you see like more modern technology. It's like someone's watching mm. it on a monitor and they draw uh, the sword logo. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, which I was apparently I was reading something where it says sword isn't you know doesn't stand for the same thing as it does in the comics as it does in this MCU. Mm. Uh, supposedly I was maybe reading something like that, uh, but when um so when it's so in the second episode it, it kind of intros kind of like a dick van dyke type of intro yeah, uh, yeah. Bewitched. more bewitched yes it was mm -hmm. the vibes i was getting from it yeah you know it's, it's a nice thing to wandavision wandavision <laughs> you know <laughs> yeah nice nice little cute little theme you know i have their own little cute, nice little cute little theme and everything like that open the show nice little animation um and so in this episode um it kind of more focuses a little bit on more wanda and kind of more of them kind of trying to you know assimilate kind of this community this community that only has like 10 people in it uh basically <laughs> as we see um and um the whole thing is like you know you see wanda trying to join like this housewives club um you see um you know she's also a character she interacted with in the first episode capricorn's agnes um uh and you see her who she's kind of like the noisy neighbor kind of like she's you know basically like in the shows you'll have that like comic relief character that'll pop over to the person's house you know what i mean that'll just show mm -hmm. up over so she's kind of um that type of person yeah um, and so she's, she's playing it part and she's playing it perfectly yeah you know yeah. she's playing like she's it always perfect. fun to watch and she's playing that like a uh, sassy neighbor than those 50s tv shows yeah, you know what I mean. Um, and at the housewife party, um, you see Monica Rambeau, 
Um, and, you know, she's there with Wanda. Um, and it's another situation where she doesn't, you know, she's clearly, she doesn't seem like everybody else. Um, yeah, even, you know. even down to, like, the way Wanda's dressed. She's dressed differently from all the other housewives there. Yeah. Yeah. It, yeah. It's just pointing out how much they don't belong here. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, you know, that kind of, you know, adds a very good interesting element. Yeah, because she's dressed more kind of maybe modern a little bit, and then the other housewives More like a modern much. woman than, than everybody else, because she's, like, wearing pants. <laughs> yeah. Everyone else is in, like, uh like dresses and shit yeah yeah, yeah. um and, and even the hair have... too she doesn't mm -hmm. well sometimes she has the sort of traditional 50s hair but most yeah. of the time she's just rocking her regular you know scarlet witch <laughs> long hair mm -hmm. yeah um and you see vision he's trying to like hang out with the guys you know from work you know they're mm -hmm. hanging out so he's trying to hang out with them laugh with them you know what i mean uh, and you know, try to enjoy that, um, which was very funny. I thought that was very good. Um, yeah. That was a solid part of the episode. Um, and how what uh, what happens to him when he actually eats something? You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> he doesn't oh, have he like, chews a piece of gum and it gets stuck in his gear, and it's like he's acting drunk the entire episode. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it just messes up his if whole entire had, system. If you, yeah, if you've ever had to babysit a drunk person, that that's basically the the punchline of this episode yeah Cause, yeah because it because this episode is doing another uh sitcom plot it's like uh the talent show episode <laughs> and they yeah. like do a quote-unquote magic act but vision he's like messing up using his actual powers mm. vision yeah. showing them off and one is just dancing around trying to Oh nope! Here's uh here's how we did it. It's uh here's some rope and stuff. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. And another thing I noticed uh, the differences between the two episodes. The first episode followed the Hayes Code to like damn near the T. Mm -hmm. Um, and with the second episode, as soon as they as soon as um Wanda joined the beds together, they started breaking the Hayes Code <laughs> just immediately. <laughs> Um, you know, just like introducing like, you know, like alcohol and just making jo like jokes about not being, uh, or not wanting Sex to be sober. <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah. Cause they, cause you see their bedroom and they sleep in twin beds. Like they had some sleep yeah, away which, camp. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Which, uh, yeah, I was watching this with my girl and they, she was like asking me about it and I completely forgot about the Hayes code. Yeah. Yeah. That. This reminded like, me of it, and I, I yeah, you and, could, yeah, I, yeah. It's like you couldn't show like married couples sleeping in the same bed for some, in the yeah. 50s. Yeah, which is so yeah. funny because it's just like, all right, well, how do you, how do you think <laughs> married couples actually sleep then? Like you're not <laughs> like the kid could literally go up to their parents' room and see that they're not sleeping in two separate beds. <laughs> yeah. Come on, like you're not hiding anything really. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That that was it was a weird time. Yeah, yeah such a weird very, time. Very, yeah, very weird time. Now we got WAP, so it's okay. No, I'm sad. <laughs> um, yeah. So, you know, they're, they're very much you know very well planned into this aesthetic. Um, everybody is, you know, from Elizabeth Olsen to Paul Bettany, 
Um, you know, very, very much really having a good time with it, enjoying it. Yes. Um, yeah, even down to like uh, the dialogue and how it's delivered, it's still, it's following that, the aesthetics of like TV from those times. Yeah. 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 Uh, um, and, you know, while she was at the like um, housewife party, you see that uh, Wanda is like hearing something over like this radio. Mm. And there's again, there's that other moment like there was in the first episode uh, with the mom from the 70s show where she was just like, well, I don't trust you. And, you know, there's something like where this moment is kind of breaks, it seems like from reality. Mm-hmm. And you hear somebody over the like this radio who sounds like um, it, to me, it sounded like the guy who played the FBI agent in Ant-Man. That, yeah, uh, yeah, that's yeah. who. I, yeah, that yeah, that was him. That was Randall Park's uh, Jimmy Woo. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. Okay, so yeah, that's yeah, that's what it sounded like to me, and um, so it adds like you know because we see in the trailer, um, he's in this as well, and there's a moment where Monica Rambeau kind of gets like you see her kind of she gets pulled out, so maybe like there's this, you know, dome or something like that they have to penetrate, mm-hmm. or there's like the psychic field that they can't get into, and then you know what I mean they're on the outside of it. Mm-hmm. Um, and so yes yeah, so you, you hear him over this kind of radio and everything like that and there's like kind of that break from this kind of alternate reality kind of going on there again in this episode which i thought was and very interesting another one and that they do you like, you like see oh yeah another break you see like her uh, noticing noise outside and she goes out and she picks up mm-hmm. this bright red helicopter toy yeah that has again the sword logo on it and also like the commercial breaks that they have for yes. these shows like the first one it was like the stark uh, the toaster made by stark and this one it was like a timepiece uh, the strucker timepiece from hydra yeah oh, yeah when yeah. i saw the that hydra really, logo again it, like, yeah it made my head yeah, it was like what the yeah, because I was like piecing it together. It was like Stark, yeah. okay, what's, uh, okay, they, okay, Wanda's been in the Avengers, so she's gonna pull from her life. It's Strucker. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's the guy who gave her her, her powers through the Mind Stone. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, yeah, the commercials were also like, again, adding to that aesthetic, you know, playing out more of those kind of like that kind of look of it, the aesthetic of it. That was, I thought, it was also really creative that they added those little commercials in there. Um, in the first episode and then the second episode. I thought that was really nice. Um, so, um, do you all think, like, would you, because you see at the end of the second episode, they transition they into color, um, mm-hmm. that how she's kind of creating these things, you know, having, like, she created this pregnancy, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Um, so now it's in color, so now it's going to transition more of like in the... When did TV start to really go in color? Like the 60s, pretty much? I think it was like the late 60s, early 70s. Is yes, like when, which, which shows like uh, with the Brady Bunch where we started to get uh, like actual color TV. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that's the next and, phase. And it's, like, it's like giving more hints as to who's really causing it. And like I was, I was theorizing before it came out, it's like, yeah, this is all Wanda's doing. Yeah, yeah, I because because it's like uh, it's another break in reality where she sees like uh, what looks like a beekeeper coming out of a manhole. Yeah, she just yeah. says no, and it's like a rewind. <laughs> See, stuff like that really reminded me of like so when the beekeeper yeah comes out of the manhole, stuff like that reminded me a lot of like Legion. 
when Legion would mm. have like really weird stuff like that, like the guy, because in Legion there was like this guy with like this um, like samurai with this big uh, kind of uh, a beehive on his head and shit like that, and then he would walk around with these robot women with, with mustaches and like it was it was just a lot of this just weird shit going on. It's like <laughs> why you know what I mean? Um, and if it, if nobody's ever checked out Legion, I recommend it. It's a show ran by uh, Noah Hawley. Uh, that was on FX. They just had their final season um, a year ago, I believe, um, or a couple years ago. Uh, they had their final season. So, no, really, really you, good show. Do you think the beekeeper will come back up? Because his face was silhouetted, and I kind of have two theories about that. Like, maybe the beekeeper is somebody important that will have a role to play in the season, mm. or he was just a glitch in the Matrix, <laughs> you know? Like he was just like, <laughs> yeah. The way I think it, the way I'm thinking is it's gonna be a mystery. But what I'm thinking right now is like this is this world is like this pocket dimension that Wanda created, mm. and he's just a guy who stumbled in by mm. mistake. Oh, okay, mm. okay, that could be interesting. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I imagine there. I mean, he's gonna come back, the beekeeper, at some point. Um, have you all have read any theories at all of what it could be, what significance it could have, or something like that? No, not too much. Uh, maybe she just doesn't like bees. I don't know. Because <laughs> <laughs> she seemed really, she seemed super terrified when she yeah. saw, yeah. you know what I mean, this, you know what I mean? Yeah, uh, you could interpret that a lot of ways. The way I'm interpreting it is uh, she's, she's, um, She's not over Vision's death, so she's created this little fantasy for herself, and mm. everything else is just screaming, clawing, trying to get her to come back to reality, and she's just not having it. Yeah. Um. And speaking of which, so the people in it, there have been people. I do know. I do know that there have been like rumors or theories about whether or not the people themselves are real. Um. And I, I'm, I'm kind of thinking. Aside from maybe Agnes, um, mm. there are rumors for her to be uh, Agatha Harkness. Um, but aside from her, I think everybody else is an illusion. All I right. think every I think everyone else is like a projection of people from Wanda's past. Mm. Okay, yeah. Like a lot, a lot, a lot of these people could very easily have been like around her in Sokovia. They could mm. have been like. Uh, other subjects of Strucker's experiments. Mm. That could be the other people, the other people that have died during the experiments. Mm. That, that would be really, really cool. Like after, after you know the show, or maybe even after the season ends, we see all those people come back in a flashback where mm. we see come how back they... in a flashback or come back as like renegade Hydra people. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That'd be surreal to see the mom from that 70s show be a Hydra member. That'd be crazy. <laughs> yeah. They just yeah. cast a Kitty Foreman as Modoc. <laughs> no, I want to see, like we said before, George Lopez is Modoc. George Lopez. We said that. That's a yeah. That's a that'd be a funny pick. <laughs> yeah. He's. I mean, he's got the perfect head for it. He was born he to play. It. Absolutely. Absolutely, he does have the perfect head. Um, so you know, this has nine episodes. 
um, of the show. Um, you know, it'd be really interesting to see, you know, uh, you know, where it goes. I'm, I'm definitely very, very interested in this. Um, and especially how it's going to lead into Doctor Strange, the multiverse madness and what's going to yeah. happen with all that. Um, yeah, I, yeah, I think like the way I'm thinking it is like after like uh, Avengers Endgame, the mm-hmm. multiverse is just in fucking ruins. And it's like, yeah, you guys, you saved your reality, but you fucked over all of us. Yeah, yeah. And it's like yeah. why they're bringing in this multiverse of madness, why they're bringing in uh, like Kang the Conqueror. It's like, mm. y'all stop. <laughs> um, so do you uh, have any criticisms for the show? I, I feel like that it maybe is a little too short. I, I think well, maybe I'm just greedy. I'm like, I, I you know, good on them for dropping two episodes at, at once. You know, good on them for that. But I, yeah. that was like initially gonna be my criticism, but um, the show is also really leaning really heavy into those. Uh, those uh, sitcom aesthetics yeah and those show and those are playing into those shows really well yeah and my only criticism is we don't have more because we only have what like an hour of total content and we've gone like so in depth into what we just is happening in this show yeah mm. there's yeah, so yeah. Ma- so many ways you can interpret what's happening mm. Mm. Were there any other like little clues that you, you saw or like little like because I'm not too good with the Easter eggs. Don't come here mm. for the Easter eggs. <laughs> yeah. But yeah. Um, yeah. Do you think like that date with like oh, I think it was like August 23rd, like when, which was the day that the first episode takes place. Do you think that date has any significance? Or um, I don't it, know. It could be a multitude of things that happened in the MCU. It could mm. be like. Strucker started experimenting on her when Vision mm. died. That mm. could be the day he died. Uh, as far as I know, the only like real date of significance that has been 100% pointed out was like December 16th, 1991. Mm-hmm. With the death of Howard Stark. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Uh, I might be reaching, but... I, and I yeah, I, this is I, one of those I, shows. I'm, pro- I'm probably, and we'll probably get more answers in the next coming episodes. Yeah, this is just one of those shows where, like, if you if you look too hard, you're gonna just get lost <laughs> forever. But if you don't look enough, you're gonna miss stuff. <laughs> you know. Um. See, I'm reading here. Um, it says it could be a nod to like the fact that MCU has 23 movies. Oh. Um, oh. oh, okay. Could be could be something like that. Um, could be uh, you know a, a whole thing just like that tribute to yeah like the 23 movies that Marvel's done. That could mm-hmm. possibly be what the date means. That's early speculation here. Um, so yeah. Um, what I mean, what else are you guys looking forward to as far as like you know from this series and just uh, ratings on the final two episodes on the first two episodes? Uh, just looking for just more suspense and just to see how surreal they're going to get with uh, the sitcom genre. <laughs> um, also, I'm also just looking forward to seeing what like uh, more shows that they sort of parody. parody. 
Because you know? yeah, because I remember it's like uh, in like the preview you saw like nods to I Love Lucy, uh, uh, Bewitched, uh, the Brady Bunch, uh, and I'm kind of curious if they get into like present day sitcoms if they do mm. stuff parody like Parks and Rec or The Office. Mm-hmm. That could be funny, especially uh, Vision's office, because they got so <laughs> many characters in there. <laughs> mm. Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'm I'm really looking forward to see what this Elsa series does. Um, probably a rating for the first two episodes. I would say a strong nine. Um, I really like the weirdness of it. Like I said, uh, when people say they're done with the superhero genre. Um, I mean, you know, they see the Marvel movies, um, they go like, well, it's just repetitive, it's all the same thing. But there's, you know, there's a lot of people doing a lot of great stuff with the genre, you know, constantly changing, constantly doing new stuff, like with Logan, uh, like with Deadpool, like with The Boys, like with Legion. Um, even the CW superhero shows, they're their own thing, you know, but that's for a particular audience, just like how maybe this would be for a particular audience, just how maybe the Legion will be for a particular audience. So, you know, you have so many different things going on in the superhero genre. I don't think one thing is all like the other thing. You know, it's, mm. it, it each fits a different demographic and each fits something that 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 feels kind of that void of it. And Marvel going to more weirder, going into multiverse stuff, going into more magic stuff, going to more ultimate reality, that type of stuff. It's very, very interesting to see them go down that path. Um, so, yeah, I'm, uh, of course, we'll, we'll be giving weekly reviews of this uh you know all the weeks um and see uh and give you people updates on what we think about the series uh, as it continues um all right so moving on from wandavision we're going to discuss uh the final topic of the day one night in miami uh, which is a film that dropped on amazon prime it got released in selected uh in limited theaters and select limited theaters last year um but it's just not coming to vod this year uh, 2021 so i will just count it as like my 2021 movie um if we do a best of of 2021 uh and it's kind of inspired by uh a real life event um that happened um where you have muhammad ali just who just won his fight with sonny liston um and celebrating in miami and while celebrating miami uh, at the time he was uh at the time he was cassius clay yeah uh yeah at the time he was cassius clay at the time I'm uh, still going by his slave name, Cassius Clay, at the time. Um, and um, and he was hanging out with Malcolm X, uh, Jim Brown, and Sam Cooke. Uh, Sam Cooke in this is played by Leslie, uh, Leslie Odom Jr., who people might know from Hamilton. Um, he's also Aaron been Burr, a- sir. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, so he's, you know, he had a big career on Broadway, uh, TV shows, movies, that type of thing. Uh, Aldous Hodge, who people who just recently saw him he was in the invisible man where he played the de- uh the detective in that film uh, he was also in straight out of compton where he played mc ran uh, he was al- also on the show leverage which is mm-hmm. where i first seen him from which i mentioned in the in the review um you also have you'll, uh, you'll El- see him upcoming soon as hawkman in black adam <laughs> oh yep he's also yeah. gonna be hawkman. <laughs> yeah hawkman black adam um you have uh eli uh, gory um, who plays uh, Muhammad Ali uh, in this. Um, he's in Ballers, uh, which is why I've seen him. I, I watched that show. Um, and it looks a lot like Muhammad Ali, I will say. He does yeah. look a lot like him. Um, it is pretty close, uh, similar resemblance. Uh, not as much as that kid who was from It. 
um, like the kid in that, like the kid from that um, movie. I was like, wow, that kid looks just like Muhammad Ali. Like it's crazy how much he looks like him. It's ridiculous, but um, yeah, they do a good job of casting here. Um, you also have a uh, Kingsley Ben Adir, uh, Adir who's uh, uh, Malcolm X. Uh, we just recently saw him. He was uh, played Obama in the Comey uh, film that came mm-hmm. on uh, HBO, uh, not HBO, Showtime. Mm-hmm. Um, yep. Uh, yeah. If any of you watched the uh, the Showtime Donald Trump series, he was mm-hmm. uh, Barack Obama in that. Yeah. yeah. Um, he was a 25 year old playing Barack Obama. Uh, you know, 25 what I mean? year old playing two term Barack Obama. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I was like, wow, it's like we made him look super young, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, 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 he's giving the interview to Comey, and it looked like he's the one asking for the job. It was like, yeah, like, yeah, uh, but Maybe yeah, well, at least here he looks a lot more like Malcolm, and and I'm assuming Malcolm was in his like late 20s, early 30s in this, right? Mm. Uh, I believe so, yeah, yeah, okay. I believe, yeah, he was in, yeah, so it's, it's the right age, age yeah. range, yeah. Obama um, really threw me off. <laughs> yeah, yeah, uh, that yeah, that was kind of not say he did a bad job. It just was yeah. like, wow, you, you look too young to be Obama at this stage. But uh, yeah. Um, but yeah, he does he does a really good job um, as Malcolm X. I will say that you know everybody in the cast does an amazing job. I mean, the performances. Are yes, just this so- is yeah, this is one of the best all around casts I I've seen in a while. Just like um, uh, with Ma Rainey's Black Bottom, which we reviewed on the show recently. This is a movie where, again, truly no small parts. Everybody is kind of getting their moment to shine, their yeah. moment to steal the show. It's like once once you like think you have a favorite character nailed down, somebody else will deliver a monologue or deliver a line. It's like, Shit, yeah, I don't know who yeah, like they they yeah. got a point here. They're just as captivating. <laughs> it's like, yeah, yeah. Um, I never saw the play before so mm. watching this and like I, I didn't even know that they were friends that's something that just like I'm, I'm surprised not enough people talk about um, <laughs> but seeing all four of them together be so grounded um and portrayed so well too like yeah, yeah. moments yeah. where like you know like Certain actors they kind of just give impressions rather than actually, you know, like yes, go yeah, in with, and do the accent. Yeah, with a lot of actors, instead of like actually portraying that person, they're more just giving an impression. Example I go back to is like uh, uh, the disaster artist with James. Yeah, Pico. he he's giving a good performance, but really he's just giving an impression of Tommy Wiseau. Yeah, here is like all of them they. they I don't see an actor playing Cassius Clay or Sam Cooke or Malcolm X. I see Sam Cooke, Malcolm X, and, and whatnot. Yeah. yeah, yeah, they they bodied that. I, I mean, even just like um, Eli's mannerisms, uh, just like the way he puff and puff every now and then. <laughs> his, like... his manner. It's not even just that. It's like his mannerisms, his inflections when he's yeah. speaking, his cadence to his voice. It's all down perfectly even yeah. like a uh leslie odom jr when he's singing as sam cook it sounds so much him on the record yeah yeah i very was that him actually singing yeah wow. yes you don't you don't cast leslie odom jr and not get him to sing that's yeah. real but like that that just sounded so that just sounded too much like sam so i was just like no they're, they're obviously just playing sam's like original recordings just over it 
Yeah. Unlike Rami Malek, unlike Rami Malek, uh, Leslie Odom can actually sing. <laughs> That's yeah. true. That's very true. Dude, yeah. dude can sing. Yeah, he's a he's a very talented guy. Very, very, very talented. Um, and like I said, the cast up and down because you mostly, I mean, because it's you know like it's based on a play, um, and it so just like Ma Rainey, it really takes place in really only one location. Like it yeah. takes place in like the hotel room with all of them kind of hanging out in here, um, and you know, and and you know, and you think like you have to have real talent as an actor as a director. To make a film so interesting and so compelling when people just spend time in one location, you know <laughs> what I mean, and, yeah. and and that's what they do, yeah. Yeah, I thought yeah, it was like gonna a, be like. A... I, I thought I I thought this was from like a veteran director watching it, but then mm -hmm. I look online it's directed by Regina King, and this is her feature debut. Is like, God, damn, because yeah. it takes a lot. It takes a lot of skill to to get something this intricate with just a single location even down to it, it's so deceptively simple mm. but it's so complex it just even like uh how everybody is framed together it's like yeah it, it's like all the people are in frame but your attention is still drawn to the one speaking yeah yeah uh and and this is also the screenplay who did this kent powers who we just recently saw he co-directed soul and I heard he also kind of co-directed this movie as well with Regina King, um, as well. And yeah, I mean he's I mean he's having a great you know kind of one-two punch. He's having a great ass year. Yeah, yeah, um, <laughs> two really really great films. And like you said, I mean it, you know the the film you know how it kind of takes these real historical figures, grounds them in a way, makes them kind of very feel very human. Uh, these icons, these larger than life figures. Um, and I like how the movie opens because it, it opens with each, each of them in their element. You know, like you see, you know, Sam Cooke, he's out there singing. You see Malcolm X when he's giving a speech. You see Muhammad Ali when he's boxing. And it's really good boxing scenes as well. You know, really, really showing, really love the camera work. I haven't seen this good camera work with a boxing scene since the first Creed. Um, yeah, you know, so, he, yeah, yeah, and going back to like, uh, uh, how good uh, Jim uh, Gorey is, Eli Gorey, excuse me, as, as Cassius Clay, even down to like the way he's moving as Muhammad yeah. Ali in the boxing scenes, that's, that's dead on. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> the um, dodges, yeah. He, he just like. The dodges, the bobbing, the weaving, yeah. the Ali yeah. shuffle. Yeah. Yeah. You know yeah, what he, I mean? The, the showmanship, it's, it's really cool. <laughs> he did that. He did that. Yeah, you know that was really impressive to watch. Uh, some really, some really good stuff with him. You know, I, I love it. You know, I love it when they talked to him in his corner. It's like, man, just finish him. He's like, wow, I'm whooping his ass. Look what I'm doing. <laughs> yeah, you, know, you know what I mean? You know, like that was really great moments. Um, this, this, I mean, the humor in this also I think works really well too. It has moments where mm -hmm. it can be very dramatic, but also the humor is very well. Um, like I, I love the yeah, scene. Yeah, it where... really catches you off. It catches you off guard with the humor. It's like. Mm -hmm. <laughs> It's like they're all in the hotel room. He's giving like a monologue. It's like, I'm a world champion with sound so much as a scratch on my face. A scratch on my. So, why am I so pretty? Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> and, and it was. It... I still oh, don't. I still can't believe that all four of those were. All four of them were friends. And I, and I love the way that the movie grounds them because they all have their moments of just like unexpected humor. <laughs> like especially Malcolm who you know you know as <laughs> yes, a he, very serious genius <laughs> yeah he, you don't he see is, his like 
he is definitely the one that is historically known as the most stoic out of uh, all of them. And even yeah. he, when he gets like his chance to break, when they're all <laughs> fucking with him, it's like, hey, go down. <laughs> I just love his delivery, um, even even very at the beginning when he's still, you know, putting up the facade. Um, they're asking him, all right, Malcolm, what you got? What you got for us? I know I know, we're not about to just sit here and just, like, talk to each other. And then he pulls out just ice cream. <laughs> <laughs> he's just like, you want ice cream? Vanilla and, and vanilla. vanilla. <laughs> yeah. And then Sam Cooke is just like, how ironic. uh but i mean yeah yeah like it it does good yeah such a good job with stuff like that you know Mm -hmm. the humor in it um like i laughed i laughed out loud at the point where you know yeah they're just sitting at the hotel like yeah man let's go out we could Mm -hmm. probably it's a big night muhammad ali he's the champ you know what i mean what we gonna do (laughs) around he's like disappointed Man, I wanted some pussy. Yeah, <laughs> like I know we are not just gonna all sit here some dudes just talking, right? Like, damn, bro, yeah, you ain't got no holes, bro. You ain't got no bitches. <laughs> like, what the fuck? And like, I, I knew this had to definitely be like early Malcolm, because there's no way that they went to Malcolm's crib and expected there to be women. I know they, I know that couldn't have been the expectation. Uh-huh. Maybe they thought he would loosen up. Like, damn, man, it's Miami. We in Miami, bro. They're like, damn. Nah, when yeah. he when he dropped all that, he dropped all that. <laughs> yeah, dropped all of it. Yeah, I all was like, that. Wow. Pork, white women, everything. <laughs> yeah. Um, and in this, in you know, another great thing um, about it is it has you know these four black men, and it shows kind of. The different perspectives of because we have these of what it means to be black and what yeah. is black empowerment to each of these individuals and what you know what does that all mean like for yes. somebody like it's oh, it's, it's it's bringing up a lot of points of, of black empowerment what that means and what uh and because these are all uh all like historical black figures that have ostensibly reached the american jim brown he's successful in the nfl he's joined to do movies muhammad ali's the world champion sam cook one of the greatest musicians of all time malcolm x huge public figure they've all made it and mm-hmm. this is them discussing what their responsibility is to do now mm-hmm. yeah. yeah you know yeah. what do you do with your success mm-hmm. and you know just the different ideologies of how they approach it mm-hmm. was very interesting to see there's a conflict yeah, between malcolm and sam I feel like they are kind of like the two far sort of like extremes in a sense because Sam represents mm. that sort of you know he's uh kind of hedonistic uh he's a, he's a celebrity <laughs> you know he's a musician yes, yes he, yeah he's a musician he's a celebrity he's a very shrewd businessman yes and and yeah. it's like the highlight of the movie for me is when Leslie Odom is giving that monologue talking about like the Rolling Stones and their or mm. one of his songs. Yeah. Was like, yeah, yeah. It was like the artist was pissed when the Rolling Stones covered it for about six months until that royalty check came in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He like he broke it. He broke down just like there's a different way to own to to for there to be black excellence and also just really emphasize. Yeah, it's like uh, to it, well, it's, I hope it's, it's like it's like saying. 
yeah, y'all want the pie, I want the fucking recipe. Yeah, yeah, I love that line. I love that line so much. It, it, it's such a good line, because there's, there's no, I mean, we know this already with the music industry, like, mm. they're ripping, they're ripping these kids off, basically. So, yeah. what Sam Cooke represented and was trying to do was he, he wanted everybody to get their masters and have ownership. Um, yeah. And they get that across very well yeah, in this. Yeah, because yeah, Sam Cooke owned all the masters for all of it. Music. He owned mm. his own label. He owned the masters for all of it. So, he, so even if like, even if uh, people bought bought like covers of uh, his music, he was still getting his piece. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he found a way to game the system, which was yeah. you know legal and just right. <laughs> yeah. You know, yeah. He's like every time a white girl buys a record, even if it's the Rolling Stones singing it, mm. I have money going into my my pocket. Mm-hmm. As one of my pocket, my community, you know what I mean? Like, you know, he owned the masses of that, you know? And yeah, I mean, you know, that was like such a big thing to him. Like you said, you know, that great line about the recipe, you know, when people want a piece of the pie, he wants the whole, you know, whole recipe. Like that was important, you know, being his own man and being in charge and, and being, you know, having ownership of his stuff. And then you have a perspective of like someone like uh, Muhammad Ali, you know, his, you know, his kind of whole thing was just being great. You know what I mean? I'm just mm-hmm. going to be better than everybody else through my achievements. And that's how I'm going to succeed. And that's how I'm going to be better if I am the greatest, if I am the top. And then you have somebody like Jim Brown, you know, who, you know, he's coming kind of from more of the perspective of like, discussing somebody like the white moderate you know uh, like you know i work in this system and i get that these people they only like me because i'm a football player you know they only like what i can yeah. but it's i'm like the most be- heart the most heartbreaking realization is that like intro scene of his he's like yeah. driving through like the south he's sitting on the ports drinking lemonade with uh was that Bo bridges that was uh uh that character that uh, gets yeah. benefactor for him when he was in college. I know that at that moment is like, I know the actor and he's giving a great job and it's like seems, oh, hey, finally a not racist white guy and a black, uh, not racist southern white guy and then it turns. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> very quick. Yeah, it, it, <laughs> it, it, it quick. Yeah, yeah. I think so. In the in the cast, it just says Mr. Carlton. I don't know. I guess that's just yeah. supposed to be an anonymous benefactor so they don't mm. get in trouble. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. So, yeah, I mean, yeah, like you said, like, you know, just how, like, yeah, you have that relationship mm. with a white person who may like you personally, but he still don't like black people. You know what yeah. I mean? You know what I mean? Like, in, in that situation. So, that um, was kind of like that whole Jim Brown, you know, kind of thing. Uh, go ahead. Another thing that he touched upon was with athletes uh they need longevity they need a they need a plan after the sports um yeah which i thought was very good um i think one of the most heartbreaking uh lines of dialogue in this movie was when uh still cassius clay said i'm gonna be boxing until my my old age i was just like oh, not <laughs> um because you, you know, know what i mean what happens to him you know, he unfortunately didn't have that longevity, um, his mental capacity and whatnot. Um, but that was an interesting, that was an interesting take from Jim Brown as well. 
Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, that was you know very interesting take and everything. Um, and they have you know these kind of conflicts throughout the uh, movie with all the different with all the four. You know, so mainly at first it's Sam and then Malcolm, and then you know each of them are trying to kind of like take sides and everything like that. And it's like, hey, come on, guys, they stop it. Come on, you know, you're fighting and you know, coming from like you said, these two extremes. And then there's moments where they kind of separate, and it's just the two of them. It's like, and it's Jim Brown and Malcolm X. They have these great dialogues and back and forth. Then it's you know Muhammad Ali, and then it's you know Sam Cooke and everything like that. And time catches Clay. Um, that, you know, that was also so terrific, so wonderful seeing them kind of bounce off of each other and do things like that. Yeah. Um, which was great to see um, and great to listen to. I mean, the dialogue in this is really sharp. I mean, really yeah. Good stuff. Um, <laughs> yeah. Um, what would you guys think about the, you know those scenes like that when when they would do that? Uh, just bantering back and forth. Yeah. I loved it. it. It's like once again, it's just surreal to see these people be grounded uh, as human beings. <laughs> yeah. Yes, because like with uh, a lot of. Uh, not even just straight black uh, historical movies, just historical movies in general, there's mm. always, there's a lot of the time it's putting these people up on a pedestal mm-hmm. and a lot of, uh, a lot of exaggerating about who they were. Everybody here feels like the real person. It's a fictionalized take on them, but it's still really grounded. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and to see and, them just discussing their, all their different ideologies and mm-hmm. it's just like really fascinating and it also kind of gives them each of them flaws that are mm. not necessarily bringing them down any pedestals you know what I'm saying because I still respect all these gentlemen um, yeah, it, they're it's, realistic it's like, flaws it's like when they're, when they're discussing it it's like giving um giving anyone reasonable skepticism about why these people are the way they are it's like yeah scene that stands out is like uh when it's jim brown and uh malcolm x in a hotel room alone and they're talking it's like you know what's always funny it's always like the most radical dudes <laughs> light skin <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah 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 that's real <laughs> uh, uh, and he was breaking down just like you know like there is still colorism today um and just how it presents itself sometimes like i guess in maybe malcolm's case he felt like he needed to prove himself or prove that he was black you know and i thought that was an an interesting take on colorism that you know isn't really shown that much especially in the context of malcolm at least you know yeah it's Um, an interesting take and it's not beating you over the head with it yeah 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 very much so yeah and um i mean yeah i mean it's this i mean i really really enjoyed this movie a lot um enjoyed every element of it um and it's it's you know only a hour and 40 minutes yeah yeah Yeah, so it's it's a good watch just like ma rainy it's it's not that long uh really you know really i think an actor's actor movie yeah. where you know you just really love the performances of it love the dialogue of it um love seeing all four of these people really interact um yeah i i give it um it's hard to say what i didn't really like about it um yeah. <laughs> it's, it's, it's hard i'm trying to think of something i'm i'm watching it. i was just trying to say 
you know, trying to trying to be trying to be a little bit of a hater here. I'm like, damn. What, I mean, what, let me find something. Like, you know. At this point, you're just trying to find something to nitpick. Yeah. yeah. No, um, I don't think I can. I. This is greatness. Yeah, I, I, I loved it. Uh, for me, I, I give it a ten out of ten. For me, um, I enjoyed it a lot. Had a lot of fun watching it. Uh, you know, it's you know, it's on VOD, so I highly recommend people checking it out. If you got Amazon Prime, great watch. Um, yeah. Uh, Chase. Yeah, I give it a ten. Uh, and I don't. I usually try to stay tentative about my tens, but like, there's. Like this was just an outright ten. I, I I can see myself going back to this over and over again, and mm. picking up new things here and there, and mm. you know, uh, getting more out of it. Um, I have nothing like. There's not even like any hesitation like with the other movies that I tentatively wasn't going to give a ten. It's just now. This is just a straight ten. <laughs> from from front to bottom. Hmm. All right, Nick. It's rare that I see a movie in January, and I know for a fact this is going to be very high on my top ten list of the year. This movie yeah. is fucking amazing. The performance is all outstanding. I cannot. Uh, this is like deceptively skillful direction from Regina King, and it, it's it's just an amazingly paced movie to watch. It's like this is like two hours and it just flew by when i was watching it yeah um this yeah. is i hesitation is 10 out of 10. nice nice yeah uh yeah all tens all around yeah really really good yeah yeah loved it a lot um yeah so i, I i'm interested to see what regina king does next um as yeah. a director um, interesting what Kip Powers does now. He's on a roll right now. Keep the hot streak going. I'm going to see what he does next. Um, so, yeah. And also interested to see uh, what these actors in this film do. Like Eli Gorey, see if he breaks out, does a lot more stuff um, after this. Um, the other guys, they're starting to really rise up. Like Aldous Hodge, um, yeah. he's starting to really come up. He's starting to be in a lot more stuff now. I'm starting to see him in. Um, Leslie Odom, you know, he's He's really blowing. He's coming up, rising a, little, a lot more. Um, so yeah, so I'm uh, I'm definitely definitely interested to see where the careers of these all these people go. Um, all right, so that was our final thing. Let's get out of here. Um, next week, um, what comes out next week is Malcolm and Marie. That comes out next week, correct? What's that? February fifth. Oh, that comes out February fifth. Okay. Uh, Malcolm Marie was that movie is the movie with Zendaya and, and John David oh. Washington. Yeah, that's uh, Sam Levinson's uh, next movie. Yeah, so that comes out February fifth. Okay, so yeah, we'll discuss. Uh, yeah, uh, off air where we're going to talk about the next week and things like that. Where we're going to bring people. Uh, but hey, to all you people out there, we really really hope you enjoyed the show. We had a lot of good uh, time making this show, discussing a lot of stuff we love. Uh, I mean, I think this was a you know a. a first time in a long time uh where we had pretty much everything we talked about we really loved um like this <laughs> um, usually a podcast <laughs> of positivity this time yeah you know i mean it was all nothing but great reviews from everything we reviewed today usually sometimes there's always maybe something like a couple of great ones and then one real stinker and then you know that I mean that kind of offsets but no yeah, it's all great yeah, it's like a majority most of our shows it's like all right, there's one thing that was like kind of a drag to get through, and this this week, mm. yeah, 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 it yeah. was yeah. So it was a great time, yeah. 
uh, reviewing all this stuff. Um, so we'll come back to you people next week. Um, hey, I uh, hope you all enjoy listening to the show. Don't forget to always, of course, check us out um, on YouTube, YouTube, The Afternoon Tune, uh, on social media, uh, facebook.com, The Afternoon Tune, Instagram, Afternoon Tune, Twitter, The Afternoon Tune. If you want to send us an email, we're at theafternoontune at gmail.com as well. Chase, uh, let the people know where they can find you. You can find me at Mr. Chase Mac, um, M-R-C-H-A-Y-S-E-M-A-C on Twitter, Instagram, and now Twitch on Tuesdays right. and Thursdays. Tuesdays and Thursdays. Got a nice schedule going now. Okay. Yeah, we finally got a schedule going, you know. <laughs> All right. Uh, Nick? All right, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Night and Day Nick. You can follow... Uh, uh, my dog Bubbles at uh, bub.bles0922. Uh, mm. And that's All right. it. All right. Nice. Um, so, hope you all enjoy listening to the show. Uh, whenever you're listening to the show, morning, evening, night, whenever, um, hope you enjoy listening to it. And don't forget to always stay, stay tuned. Stay tuned. <laughs> Damn it. That was bad.